Have you ever wanted to play the perfect tabletop game where story beats run smoothly and there's no awkward pauses between dice rolls? Yeah, me too. But since that's impossible, I did the next best thing and novelized my Witcher tabletop game to showcase the story in its cleanest form. The result is this podcast. I'm Jacob Gerstel, and this is Tales from the Witcher. Part audiobook, part actual play, part serialized adventure, and a whole new way to vicariously enjoy tabletop games. Welcome to the world of The Witcher, where monsters roam freely and the continent is once again at war. If you were hoping to follow the plight of Geralt of Rivia, however, I'm not going to be doing that. Instead, I offer you the story of a not-so-merry band of degenerates who are making their way across the continent. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Last Moment 18. Ethramel lightly knocked on the open door. The Temerian guards had gotten lax since the summit officially ended the day before. After three weeks of bickering and dickering, a grand northern alliance of Redania, Kedwin, Sidorus, Temeria, and Edern was to be formed. Most of the logistics would be sorted out in the coming weeks, but the main agreement was signed. It stated that Redania would lead the northern military force, and that the Pontar Valley was to remain under Edernian control. And, of course, trade restrictions on the Pontar River would be eased considerably. This was the detail that mattered most to Ethramel. The diplomats, it seemed, wasted no time in preparing for the journey home. The diplomats' quarter had emptied, and each kingdom worked quickly to break down their camp. Tamaria's camp was no different, and Ethramel saw a dozen soldiers collapse a large tent, leaving the commandeered shop unguarded. So Ethramel walked in. He found his good friend, Tobias of Alander, inside, alone. They really hit it off, it seemed, since they first met at the summit feast all those weeks ago. I knew I'd like him the moment he offered to share his fist tech, Ethramel thought with a smile. They had spoken several times over the last three weeks, mainly about Ethramel's new money-making venture, which Tobias was keen to take part in. Ah, Ethramel, come in, the Temerian said. He closed a small box and locked it. Can I interest you in a drink? They packed up most of the wine, but I think we can scrounge a glass or two somewhere. Ethramel shook his head. I won't be staying long. I just wanted to congratulate you on a successful summit. It seems Temeria will get the aid it needs to repel Nilfgaard. Aye, it was unsteady there for a minute. Kedwin threatened to sink the whole thing. But we answered the Pontar question at the last moment, it seems. And with trade on the Pontar River opened up, we can move forward with the plan we discussed. No need to be coy, Ethramel. No one else is here. I'll help you smuggle Fistek on the Temerian side of the Pontar, so long as you provide the transport. Shouldn't be a problem, Ethramel said, and thought, so long as Jeremiah keeps the crossbow shipment steady. That should be enough cover for my goods. Tobias placed the box into a larger crate and covered it. He hammered the crate shut. And the Fistek itself? You never mentioned who your supplier would be. Don't worry about that, Ethramel said. Just make sure I'll have enough political cover when the operation is up and running. As long as I get my cut, Tobias said between hammers, we'll keep in touch by letter. Stop by the city of Alander if you're ever in Tamaria. I'll keep a room open for you. Thank you, Tobias. I'll be in touch in the coming weeks. Safe travels. Safe travels, Ethramel. Ethramel left the diplomat to his business, 
and started the walk back to the trader's quarter. The supplier was the last piece of the puzzle, but Ethramel had spent so much effort keeping the Northern Alliance afloat that he had had little time to pursue that lead. But with everything in place, he could finally... Ethramel, there you are. The sorcerer turned to see Tabek. The Nilfgaardian looked and sounded out of place wherever he was, and Ethramel wasn't sure he would ever get used to him. Tabek, to what do I owe the pleasure? Have you seen Yana? Tabek asked. Not recently, thank the gods. Ethramel had spent much of his free time learning magic from the sorceress. He had approached Yana shortly after they delivered the Marstone, demanding she keep her end of the bargain and teach him to control his powers better. Yana smiled and said she would happily instruct Ethramel in the magical arts. Yana, it turned out, was a torturous teacher, but Ethramel had to admit that his own power was improving through practice in their magical sparring matches outside of Crag Ross. Yana had also lent him a few heavy tomes to read on the theory of magic whenever he had a spare moment. They were denser and drier than stale cake, but Ethramel powered through them. Small wonder he had no time to see his companions over the last three weeks. I have not seen Yana, Ethramel said to Tabek. Would you like me to give her a message if I do? No, no. Tabek's eye shifted nervously, and he licked his lips. But I would appreciate it if you, um, joined everyone in the meeting room of the Stoneworks Inn. Ethramel raised an eyebrow. Everyone? Zevo, Jeremiah, and Carmignola. They're waiting already. I was just looking for you and Yana. Waiting for what? You'll see. Will you go? The sorcerer preferred to follow up on his fistech lead, but he shrugged and said, Why not? As long as we don't dawdle too long. 19. They gathered at the Stoneworks Inn. Tabek saw everyone's expectant eyes and felt a sudden urge to turn into a bird and fly away. But that wouldn't solve any of his problems, would it? He had spent three weeks cobbling together a circle of magic, and it would feel wrong if he didn't at least extend an offer to his companions. But... Then again, he could just turn into a bird and fly to Skellige. Tabek looked to Yana, sitting in the back of the room. She smiled and nodded, and Tabek took a deep breath. Well, what is this all about? Carmignola asked. Best to get it over with, Tabek thought. He said, I've spent my time here creating a loose organization of magic users. Sorcerers, witches, druids, anyone with a touch of power in them. There are about ten of us and we have established a base of operations in Skellige. A second lodge of sorceresses, Ethermel sniffed. No, Tabek said quickly. The lodge had different goals. They wanted to wield political power through subterfuge. I formed this circle for one purpose only, to study and track down the wild hunt. I intend. Tabek stopped himself short when he saw everyone's eyes widen. Only Zevo seemed unsurprised, and Yana, of course, but she had helped him swell the circle's numbers in the last week, so it stands to reason none of this was news to her. His throat felt dry. Tabek thought that a drop of blood would help, but he shook his head of the lingering Anafeli thoughts. He drank from his water skin instead. I can't get what happened at Kalmek out of my head, he continued. I know the wild hunt appears randomly and naturally, but they were summoned to that town. I know they were. I mean to investigate it further, with the help of the Circle. I'll be leaving Kragros tomorrow for the Skelligan Isles with quarter-hand Crit Drummond in his retinue. And... I'd like you all to join me. I think we can accomplish great things working together. Tabek paused properly this time, expecting more wide eyes and slack jaws. He had run through this conversation a dozen times in his head already, and as much as he tried not to let his expectations get the better of him, he always imagined his companions took their time considering the offer 
before saying yes. Instead, Jeremiah took no time at all. I appreciate the offer, Tabek, but I must decline. I have my own business to look after. That's okay, Tabek thought quickly. He doesn't have any power anyways. Now if Ethramel were to... I also must decline, Ethramel said. I have business as well, and it doesn't involve getting skewered by spectral horsemen. Carmignola shook his head, didn't even feel the need to verbalize his response. Tabek felt his chest constrict, and he had to focus on breathing. Zevo, then, he thought. The last holdout. I know the wild hunt interests him, and I saved his life once. Tabek looked to the Witcher. Surely he sees the importance of this. Surely he... I'm sorry, Tabek, but I also must decline. Zevo gave him a sad smile. The path might have taken me that way once, but now... I'm sorry. The Witcher stood up and held out his hand to Tabek. Be careful, friend. Tabek blinked at Zevo's outstretched hand, but he shook it. Ethermel stood and held out his hand to Tabek as well. Don't forget to write us. This new circle sounds like it has potential. Tabek shook with a numb hand. Then Jeremiah. You're a good man, Tabek. I have no doubt you'll find the answers you're looking for. Tabek fought to keep the tears of frustration from his eyes. Why couldn't they see the importance of this? Didn't they know this mattered more than their own petty dealings? Thank you, he said in a scratchy tone. Best of luck out there. Then they all left. Zevo lingered the longest, but even he went away with a nod. Tabek stood where he was, dazed. You expected it to go better. Yana stood up and straightened her dress. Tabek had forgotten she was there. I'm not sure why. They're a motley lot, and can't see anything grander than a sack of coins unless you dangle it right in front of them. They have a part to play in preventing Ithilin's prophecy, I assure you, but it won't be this. What if the rest of the circle acts the same way? Tabek said slowly. What if none of them see the importance of tracking the wild hunt? Then you'll have to make them see, but you can't do that as you are, Tabek. Yana took a step forward, and Tabek felt buffeted by a surge of power, like a gust of wind. You're wild, untrained, barely any control over your power. Why should any of these people, most of whom have lived over a century, respect you? You must earn it. How? Our kind respects power. And you're an untapped source for it, Tabek. I can help you hone it. Yana paused. It might also help you control your thoughts. I know you've struggled with keeping them all in order, in keeping them all human. Tabek averted his gaze. Yana was integral in getting him in touch with many sorcerers and sorceresses, true, but he wasn't sure he completely trusted her. So Tabek was surprised when he said, What do I need to do? Yana smiled and waved her hand behind her. The air opened up in a green circle, as if swept away with another gust of wind. It was too dark to see inside the circle, but Tabek could smell the fresh pines and sweet sap. I thought you'd never ask, Yana said. She motioned to the portal. Follow me. Tabek once again suppressed the urge to drink blood and stepped through. That'll do it for this episode of Tales from the Witcher. This podcast is written and produced by Jacob Gerstel. The Witcher novels are by Andrzej Sapkowski, The Witcher games are by CD Projekt Red, and The Witcher tabletop RPG is by R. Talsorian Games. The music is by Eric Matias at soundimage.org. Be sure to leave a rating and a review, and to spread the word of this podcast far and wide. You can follow the podcast at TalesWitcherPod on X, or at talesfromthewitcher.buzzsprout.com.
Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again next week.